This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome to the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Ken, and with me as always, Cody and Kyle. Hi, everyone. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Uh, glad to see you guys are back, safe from your uh, vacay. Yes. Yes. We went to the great state of Utah and explored the desert. Ooh. Ooh. Treacherous. Treacherous? Treacherous. Treacherous? It's been a day. Yeah. It's been a whole week. <laughs> it's been a whole week, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Treacherous. Treacher. How yeah, do you we, say no, it? All right. Treacherous. It's over now. It's fine. <laughs> it's very dangerous. Yeah. It, w- it was really fun. We Spring um, break up a marriage 2022 is no. what we called it. <laughs> no, it was awesome. We I didn't want to bring it up. Part of the part of our journey, we stayed in a yurt on a mesa overlooking this beautiful like plateau desert plateau and that was really really fun except i had to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to start a fire because i got cold so (laughs) that was not as much fun and you woke up everyone else to do it right yeah yeah but guess what they were happy because they too were cold cody (laughs) got cold in a desert i did (laughs) it gets cold at night there people you wouldn't think but no but not for ken apparently it's called a sleeping bag and just go to bed. <laughs> a really, really good sleeping bag. Yeah. And then we went to Zion's and hiked around and that was really fun. Me and like, it felt like a million other people all just sharing the same trail. So oh, yeah. Hmm. Interesting there. And uh, I ended up buying a bunch of furniture that I probably shouldn't <laughs> have. So that's the break up the marriage part. Oh, there it there is. There it is. It wasn't the campfire. <laughs> it wasn't the yurt or the awesome hiking. No, it was that I got really excited and found a favorite store and was like, we need outdoor furniture, even though there was still snow at home. Right. Well, it helped that we snuck down to Nevada and won some money at the casino. Yeah, that paid, <laughs> that paid for our gas for the day. So The day? <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and, you, and you still barely made it back. <laughs> yeah. It's bad out there, folks. <laughs> Stay close to home. Go to a theater. Yeah. <laughs> to go on these long vacations. Walk to your local movie theater. <laughs> yeah, I might need to now. Ride a bicycle. <laughs> so speaking of movie theaters, how about we get started talking about release date changes, yeah. our fun uh, topic on this show. Sony! So where would we be without Sony moving stuff well, around on the release we, schedule? Thank you to, for this content. We have to delete yeah. this topic. I know. If, <laughs> they, so, if Sony went away, we'd be like, we'd lose so much of our content. They've, yeah. they've given us like five episodes a year yeah. of content just with the release date changes. Glorious, <laughs> glorious content. Sony! <laughs> so, so Sony's bullet train moved from july 15th back to july 29th so not very far just moved back Mm -hmm. but then they moved where the crawdads scene up from the 22nd to the 15th which makes a little bit more sense because that puts two weeks of crawdad into bullet train so that's nice now that they're not like back to back like they were before so yeah and i also like the bullet train move only because i think it gives space for some of the other bigger blockbusters that might be topping Mm -hmm. off the first half of july and then in august what do we really have right. of notice it so, gives it more of a runway into august yeah so. and if bullet train does become like a new franchise starter maybe like a john wick level type franchise would mm-hmm. be awesome i could see it working well throughout most of august now yeah. that black adam's not there it's a it's a spot that is a big grossing spot 
right. at the end of July that we need something there. Yeah. yeah. At least it's got name brand actors in it. Right. <laughs> Which yeah. Black Adam did move to like next year, I think. Yeah, it moved way off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's not going to have much competition now, that's for sure. Nope. So I'll, I think those were good, decent moves. That doesn't, er, nothing earth shattering that really screws up the release schedule. So yeah. So despite us making fun of Sony with this category, good job, Sony. Good job. Yeah, we, we approve. <laughs> um. So yeah. So going into this weekend, we've got Lost City and Ken and I went and saw it yesterday for mm-hmm. date, midday dates. Yeah. Which is going to be a new thing now because that was really fun. But um. As far as any booking strategies coming up, we've got, you know, just Batman holding in there, coming down off multiple screens, down into probably one. I've got Lost City opening this weekend, and I think it's going to be a really strong opening. It was, we'll talk about it in our review coming up, but it it was really funny, and it was really fun, and there's nothing wrong with it. So I think it's going to have great word of mouth. And then next week, we've got Morbius, and I know that Sony is hoping that it plays more like Venom. And I, I just, I am really concerned about it though, because I don't feel like we have the momentum coming off Spider-Man like we would have, if we would have been in January when it was originally supposed to go. So I'm a little concerned about that one, but I think it's still going to be big and I think it's still going to be a good grocer and it's going to start off our whole April of tons of product. Like this has got to be the strongest April I think I've ever remembered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even pre-pandemic, it's a pretty good lineup. Um, And then we've got Sonic, which on April 8th, mm -hmm. which is going to be huge. The first Sonic, I think that you look at the overall box and you're like, oh, that seems kind of weak. But we forget that it ran right up into pandemic closures. Like It was still in theaters, still going strong Mm -hmm. when the pandemic shut everything down. There was probably two or three more weeks in that film that we have lost revenue that we're just not seeing in the overall gross when we look back on the first Sonic. So, and this one looks even better. This I'm more excited because I think there's people are aware of what Sonic is now They're They know it's going to be good and you're introducing new characters. So I'm super excited for Sonic. <laughs> A little too excited. You think? <laughs> no, I think Just it's going to be Jim great. Gary. It's... He looks so good in that. Well, we haven't had, a f- this is our first family film since Sing. Yeah, Like we that's need true. this badly. Maybe that's why I'm so excited I think excited that's why you're so excited. Too. For the booker you can side finally, of you, yeah. We can finally take Sing off screen. <laughs> that's why I'm excited. Get it out of there. Get it out of there. Finally. And we got Fantastic Beasts. And I'll say that this last trailer that came out it made it look so much better. Like, this trailer, to me, helped make it look like something I should actually want to see on it. Okay. But still not as enthusiastic knowing that it, the first two were ruined, but... I think they're get they're dialing in the marketing a little bit better. But Mads Mikkelsen takes away some of the goofiness of Johnny Depp, so you don't focus on that. You just yeah. think of him in the preview as a wizard. He's just a powerful wizard. Right. There's no. He fits in better. He, I kind of. He doesn't have any of the the stigmas or any yeah. of the weird stuff around him. You don't see him yeah. in like there's Jack Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With like bleached hair and a wonky yeah. eye. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Yeah. I'm glad they showed more of him though, because you did need more of a villain to yeah off to enhance why you want to see this film. So let's just hope he stays. <laughs> yeah. Let's not have another change. Let him be the guy, and let's keep going. Hopefully, Matt Michelson hasn't groped anybody in the last yeah. six. Yeah, weeks. exactly. No <laughs> keep sketchy. Your hands to, keep your hands to yourself. Don't yeah. be weird, guy. Don't be weird. 
Um, and then we've got after that. Gosh, what do we have? Bad guys. Bad guys. That's Another right. family uh, oriented film. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and so I'm really looking forward to. And then we've got like Northman and the massive, uh, the unbearable yeah. weight of massive talent. Jeez, that's at the end of April too. That's yep. right. Yeah. Every single weekend and then has something. wrapping up April. Yeah. Liam Neeson in memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the trailer for Memory, and I was like, "Didn't this movie come out already?" And then I had to check back, and it's it's almost the same movie. Yeah, in just every Liam movie, Neeson. Liam Neeson has an impeccable mind, and this one, his mind is has betrayed him. <laughs> so, so that this, was the difference. So this is drastically different from the other movies <laughs> in that he throws people through car windows and shoots people. Drastically, of course, tries to protect children and. <laughs> Yeah, very different. Sure, sure. I didn't notice the differences. <laughs> but okay, Ken, I believe it. No, oh, so the biggest issue we have with April is just finding enough screens for all the good content. And I'm I'm struggling, and it's a good struggle. It's a real good struggle, because can you really make a bad decision? I mean, you're going to pick something that's going to hit the mark on everything. It's just, how can I, how can I balance to get it all in? Because mm-hmm. you can't really play stuff off the break anymore. Like it just, it all of the money is made in the first couple weeks. If you can't get it on screen in that time, it's just almost you got to really question if it's worth bringing in later. That's the tough part. If it's and, Universal, if it's a smaller film company, it's on yeah. streaming seventeen days later. Yeah. So you're missing out if you can't get it on screen. It's not on screen. It, some, <laughs> yeah. In some cases, yeah, it never gets put back on screen. Mm-hmm. So. Or it, it's just not worth it to bring it in at that point. So mm-hmm. that's been the biggest biggest challenge for me right now is just trying to give enough screens and enough seats. And, you know, because it's easy to say like an eight screens you can fit everything in. But you want to give multiples to some of these things because they're big films. So... Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough April, and then we start May off with Doctor Strange, and yeah, May's a little bit of a desert, but it's a blockbuster desert. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit like March, except with bigger films on yeah. the front and back end. <laughs> I would exactly. say May is very much like March. We have yeah, we have a superhero movie to start, and then you know a nostalgia movie. I would say more of a nostalgia movie with with Lost City with Sandra Bullock coming back and mm-hmm. romantic comedy. Oh, and, I see. And then yeah. Top Gun. Yep. Yeah. Not that they're the same in any way, but it's this it's a similar audience. Similar <laughs> layout, similar audiences. Yeah. Yep. You yeah. get three weeks of Doctor Strange sucking all the business and then you get like Top Gun and that's gonna suck all the business. Yeah. yeah. But it'll be good. It'll be good no, for I'm the e- industry. I'm excited we're getting into product and not it's not summer, but it's getting warmer. I saw a little flower starting to bud through, and I'm like, okay, there's hope. Come on, little guy. Yeah, come on. <laughs> we'll get through this. <laughs> well, did you see what the Lost City previews were last night? Uh, like two million. Two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. Oh, okay. Thursday so. previews were strong for that. I mean, they were trying to compare it to Sandra Bullock's last, like, Ocean's 11 or 8 or whatever she was in. Yeah. Ocean's and eight. had to... Four million dollars in previews. That was pre-pandemic. I think a two million dollar post-pandemic early show preview night is really strong for a rom-com. Yeah, which that everybody doesn't happen. pretty much wrote it off. Yeah, that genre in general, and it's and, like a Netflix genre now. Yeah, but Ken and I went, and it was so fun. We laughed this whole movie. Daniel Radcliffe was amazing as the villain. Yes, and. 
Channing Tatum was is actually a really funny actor. Like you forget yeah. that he's he's really funny. He's got and, good comedy chops. Totally. And Brad Pitt was in it for a whole like five minutes, and his five minutes were stellar. I mean, I just wish he was in it a little bit longer. He gets taken out pretty quickly. No, most oh, probably has like a bit, right? Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's more of a bit role, even though they like put him as a main actor it is just a bit role gotcha what were we gonna say Ken? yeah no it's it doesn't have any of the slow parts that romantic comedies usually do it doesn't it knows it's goofy it knows it's silly and i wouldn't i wouldn't really like it like when you say romantic comedy i always think like i yeah like you said there's slow parts and there's a lot of like lovey kissy scenes awkward and, dialogue there's yeah and it's awkward and then there's a lot of mooning for somebody and there's just not a lot of that this is more of like a romantic moon, buddy movie mooning for someone yeah like mooning over someone swooning not swooning mooning no i think it is them. swooning you just yeah. moon someone is that how you get <laughs> is that how you <laughs> <laughs> well, now that think of it that's of how that. we met there was some mooning <laughs> not no. how we met <laughs> Who you were meeting? I was talking to Kyle. Me. I was talking to Kyle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of office is this? It's totally fun, unprofessional. It's fun yeah, <laughs> there's Kyle mooning again. Kyle, oh, keep your Kyle. Pants on. <laughs> oh, so I I actually thought it was it was enjoyable. It was good. The action wasn't crazy. It had all the funny quips. Like there were. There were extra lines thrown in, which made it more reminiscent of the comedies of the early mid-aughts. Yeah. Where there was like, they threw in the extra, like, they made you laugh and they threw in the extra line that made it better. Right. And that Their was... dialogue in it was really good. Yeah. And everybody in it. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe, we knew he was going to be good, but he was so he was over the top. Oh, so good. <laughs> he was so over the top. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me happy to hear about... Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, because I really enjoy him as an actor, even besides Harry Potter. Think, but yeah, I think pre-pandemic this was an easy like fifty million dollar opener, mm-hmm. and they're targeting it between twenty five and thirty, which is which is a solid number. We haven't had a lot of those. No. I think that'll be great, especially I, with Batman coming three weeks off. I think that's very possible. I think it's very possible, and I and I think it just proves that even romantic comedies can still be a thing now. Like there's mm-hmm. a narrative that mid range comedies and dramas and stuff like that mid-range content doesn't work anymore in theaters it's either like superhero movies or nothing at all but i i beg to differ i think it, when the movie's really good like this one is with really good dialogue that's really funny that there's nothing like awkward or political in it or anything that would turn an audience off sure yeah and it's just a good time it still works. It still really works. And it was fun to be out and perfect date night movie for sure. I think guys will really enjoy this. Yeah. Well, as a guy, I'm actually looking forward to this movie a lot, maybe even more so than, I don't know, something in my wheelhouse, like ambulance or Morbius, mm-hmm. something like that. So I, I really hope I get to see this this weekend. Cause I would love to support a good little rom-com. Oh yeah. I wouldn't underestimate fun movies right now. I think audiences really just want fun fun escapism i don't think they want anything too dark and gloomy and stuff so um i think if they if you can provide that that'll be good yeah hopefully i know a lot of the releases right now are holdovers from the last year and a half but hopefully moving forward studios will recognize that what we need is fun entertainment we don't necessarily need serious stuff for all demographics right it needs to be more fun because that's what we really could use right now for sure (laughs) 
Well, we had fun this week and <laughs> tortured Cody. I thought I would get to torture her with two movies, but she went her own way on one, which <laughs> did. she took a hard left turn, which Kyle and I uh, would obviously expect here. Like Cody trying to get out of a punishment by choosing something that's punishment adjacent. Right. <laughs> And that sounds about correct, <laughs> yes. So which which of these um well, let's start with with the first one that was actual torture for me, like cringe torture and that was over the top. I thought going into this an arm wrestling movie with Sylvester Stone, I'm like, okay, I can handle that. Like this isn't going to be that bad. Ken's just messing with me here with this one. No. It was <laughs> so cringe for me. The mother dies in it. It's a little boy who's like obviously struggling with, um, you know, like issues and this like cold father and just, they have this awful dynamic cause he's never been around and abandonment issues and this like grandfather that's obviously overbearing. I mean, but you don't completely hate him cause he does love his family. It's just, ugh, ugh. it was just awful for me on so many levels. The whole interaction between the boy and Sylvester Stallone, the father, that dynamic was just, it was toxic to me. I did not like it. Right. And then the mom dies and that just killed me. And I'm like, why am I watching this at all? This is, <laughs> this poor little boy is just. Great choice, Ken. Yeah. It's just lost. And then, okay. So that's one half of this movie. That is like the underlying foundation of the movie. And then the other part, the, the icing on the cake, so to speak, is this arm wrestling, like, <laughs> like, you know, script where it's like, he has to arm wrestle to get the truck of his dreams because he's a trucker and he r- drives an old truck and he really wants to prove that he could take care of his son and and he just proved that he's he's somebody and he's he's a good man and stuff and so he arm wrestles people but he like gets into the arm wrestling mood by like turning his hat backwards and he's like a different man then and and not to mention all the greased up biceps. I can relate. <laughs> There's so many greased up biceps and it is just not believable that. Sylvester Stallone, as tiny as he is, and he's jacked in this. I'm not saying he's not jacked. I was going to say. But there are men in there that are like the mountain size mm-hmm. from Game of Thrones. Just these huge trucker men. And he's like, whoop-bam, and then beats them and stuff. And I'm like, how are you not getting your arm ripped out of your socket during this? Like, it, the, the whole thing was just really hard. I was like, how did they fool people in the 80s with this movie? How did they fool them? Because that was the genre of the 80s. Oh, my gosh. It was just, it it was rough. (laughs) It it was rough. He got the fancy truck in the end, if anybody needed a spoiler. But that, that, watching that movie was your punishment for which bet again? It was, this was Spider-Man. Yeah, not making all the... the all the way back from like November, yeah, so we're yeah. finally going well, full finally, circle with yes. that with that bet. With that one. So <laughs> now, what about the Batman bet? Well, and that was the you double, think... no, the double down. Right. I still okay. Need that to was... double down on the Spider Man. So she still bet. owes me Shenandoah. Yeah. <laughs> starring Jimmy Stewart, <laughs> and that was from Spider Man. <laughs> That's right. Shenandoah. And then uh, because. Batman came in and wowed audiences with its hundred over a one hundred million dollar opening. Yeah, shocking. No one saw that coming, <laughs> except for every box office analyst in the world. <laughs> Cody has to watch Cody. Ba- Batman the movie nineteen sixty six, which is available on YouTube for free. Yeah. So she could have easily pulled it up and watched it. Right, but instead she decided to watch the original black and white Batman from nineteen forty three. 
I even show Kyle it today. I'm you. I'm I'm evolved. So she emailed me because I sent her our outline of this, and I mentioned that it was gonna. Or no, I I didn't write in that there was gonna be a Batman review, and I assumed it was just gonna be the '60s one. But you typed in in response to me, make sure to add in the Batman 1943 film, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, that's a weird typo, but okay. And then, sure enough, she came into the office and she was like, you gotta watch this. <laughs> yeah, I strangely got into this movie. Okay. It, I will say, you have to really overlook the racist language in this movie. It is from the 40s. This is obviously racist dialogue. This is not something you would ever repeat today, in today's standard, and I'm not gonna like criticize and censor the movie because i'm looking at it from a 2020 lens right yeah so so i i don't 2022 by the way yeah 2022 lens sorry i i just i won't judge it with that stuff in mind i'm just looking at like what the general plot of it was and it is all of three hours not only is it black and white it is three hours long but you've got You've got Bruce Wayne. He's got a lady gal pal love that works. He's got uh, his Dick Grayson is Robin in it. But it's shocking. There are no gadgets. Batman doesn't have gadgets. He barely has a bat cave. But he drives around a regular car. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be like Bruce Wayne's regular car. And there he doesn't have any gadgets. But the bad guys in it, all of the fun gadgets. They have like brainwashing machines they have these (laughs) ray guns that blow stuff up they have secret doors they have like codes they have like chemicals to you know take people out it's just so much stuff is going on there's scenes on a train there's scenes at a dock there's scenes in a mine there are it it takes you all over the place it's shocking how much is going on in this this was three hours and i felt entertained the whole time whereas ken barely could get through three hours of new new batman i think i figured out why it's three hours long yeah i believe that this was a serialized series like that would be shown in theaters so like from what i'm reading it's like a 15 chapter cereal yeah. okay that but makes since, so much sense yeah because it's the 40s like right so they wouldn't have technically had reels watch... that long yeah you'd exactly. go to the nickelodeon and watch a 10 minute movie and then right yeah. go right. smoke a ton of cigarettes and then go back in no you would <laughs> just do it in the movie yeah. and there are definitely scenes where it like fades and then it fades back and then there was only one part so far that where it just leaves you on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. and then the scene comes right back up so i know that it's like it's over three hours all put together, but yeah, yeah. But there, there's a lot in it. It's really surprising. I guess that's why, maybe in the '40s it was so beloved because they were like, "This is intense. I can't wait to see what happens next." It is something completely new each and every yeah. section. They are at a Batman new place. goes to a mine. Like, yeah. <laughs> what to on find, earth is gonna happen? To find the guy that has a claim that's gonna start a mine there. He hasn't actually got he hasn't registered his claim yet, but it's a uranium mine and they need the uranium for the ray gun sure. to blow stuff up because they want to take over the United States government and start a new world order. So as you continue to expose <sighs> so much the is going story on. of Batman nineteen forty three, yeah. you still owe the audience and me two movies, right? <laughs> Yes, I still owe the audience and you. Yeah, but... Shenandoah. I will say, though, I've enjoyed Batman 1943 <laughs> version. It 
even though it's super long, it paces so much better than Cottonmouth Jimmy Stewart. That, to me, will be pure torture, even though it's an hour less. Unlike the actual serialized versions when they were in theaters, Jimmy Stewart's voice feels like three hours long every oh, time he speaks. So, so wrapping, wrapping up, instead of American acting icon Jimmy Stewart, Cody prefers racist Batman. <laughs> you heard well, it here first, put folks. It that way. <laughs> That's terrible, Ken. <laughs> I prefer the 1943 version of Batman minus some racist dialogue in it. The very racist. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that, Cody. <laughs> I'm not going to downplay how gross that was hearing certain things said. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you this. Most Batman fans, no, all Batman fans have not seen the 40s movie. Yeah. At least you can say you have. You still need right. to see The Dark Knight, but at least you've gone there. out of your way to see this one. Yeah. So I'll give you that props. The only Batman movie she's seen that she remembers start to finish is the Robert Pattinson one. Yeah. That's the only one. Yeah, but now this is like the second one, and no one else can say that, Ken. <laughs> They've only watched the first and the last. All of, <laughs> all of yeah. the nerds who always complain about Batman not being perfectly right, they're not watching this version. It's like yeah. watching... <laughs> he doesn't have anything. He actually threw a rope It's like watching Star Wars 4 and Star Wars 9. Yeah. <laughs> Which, weirdly enough, Cody has done. (laughs) But only those two. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But I'll give her props. Yeah. Even I haven't seen that one. Uh, Thank you, YouTube. It was right under the 63 version. And I was like, I'm going to try this one first. (laughs) Well, that was a very Cody-heavy segment. Let's let's go into the Kyle-heavy segment this week. Oh, boy. This is all on you. All on me. You have done on silver screen insider and academy awards poll and so any subscriber can go in and vote for who they think is going to be the winners and how is that going so far because it's still open you can still go and vote correct yeah it's going to end until sunday uh we're going to be posting the results uh of not only the winners but also correlating the percentages of people who voted for each uh nominee within each category each Big category, I should say. So best picture, best director, actors, that sort of thing. And, you know, we just thought it would be a fun way to just include all of you theater owners and operators into, you know, just enjoying movies for what they are. This this is supposed to be a special event, a special time. And I know us on the podcast, we have our gripes about the awards, yes. rightfully so, though. But it's still supposed to be a good time and we still wanted to treat you all with something a little special. So if you haven't yet, you can find the link. I'm sure we'll link this up with this episode, mm-hmm. but you can find the link on silverscreeninsider.com as well. And you can just join in on the fun and yeah. check, check out, out the our, Oscars as well. Check out our um, social media pages. I think Facebook and Instagram, you did some pre results on there to see where the voting is leaning towards right now. And I thought, I thought that was super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like what you expect. I think everybody's kind of expecting Power of the Dog to win um, or for for Best Picture, but not Director. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, so far right now in the community poll, it seems like Belfast is taking the lead, which mm-hmm. I've, I'm not too sure if that's correct. But then again, I think this Best Picture race is so murky because there's not really anyone that's saying that there's a standout Mm -hmm. i say for me i hear a lot more about the power of the dog but only because 
I think Netflix is really pushing hard because they're taking advantage of this year that's not very competitive. By murky, do you mean convoluted and boring? (laughs) You can word it that way. Yeah, That could be some words I'd use to describe it. Be a lack of Spider-Man. I could word it that way. Uh, So even still leading up to this, I do think Power of the Dog could be the winner, but I don't feel very confident about it just because there really isn't any no pun intended dog in this race to really mm-hmm. you know take this award easily yeah like personally i want coda to win and i feel like it's actually being the front uh the the second movie behind power of the dog right now but i wouldn't be shocked if it was power of the dog i just with coda they haven't done any theatrical screenings other than where um organizations have requested it like special showings right they didn't like let theaters just showcase it to general audiences which i just think is bizarre and so part of me kind of doesn't want it to win because Mm -hmm. they kept general audiences out of an independent theater can't book it and play it yeah yeah and i think that was a misstep on apple's part um i think they kind of were too overly confident about their own subscription streaming service and they were thinking everyone was going to flock over to coda and it is like slowly building momentum i mean mm-hmm. it's gone to this point but to be in the awards but uh, i think it would have really benefited for audiences to go out to the theaters to see coda because it really is one of those movies that's feel good but has like an emotional story to it and not one to where you necessarily relate to it but one to where you want to be understanding of it and compassionate for right and and that's a story that i think everyone should go out and see it's a story that hasn't been told before yeah and i think it would have been perfect for general audiences it would have been that kind of secret little underdog story if it wins Mm -hmm. that you you could have gone out and showcased next week and been like look at this one this this is special this is why we have these things at the academy awards and yeah but but then uh, apple just doesn't let anybody book it independently it's just yeah i mean i which i think is a mistake had we i think had the academy awards released their winner sooner then march could have been the perfect chance if coda won to be able to release right. it back to theaters and then people would be like, Oh, I kept hearing like, this is a very good movie and it's not like necessarily an Oscar Beatty type movie too. I kind of want to see what all the fuss is about. And mm-hmm. then they would come out and rave about the movie. Right. Which would help that Oscar. It would, it would cement the win even more. It w- yeah. You know, if you could then go out and then audiences were interested in it, give, it bumps up the life of that film. Yeah. But having the Oscars at the end of March now with with April so packed, nobody's going to bring any of these movies back in. Like very few locations are going right. to bring any of this back. Right. Uh, anyway, so moving on while I think the power of the dog winning best pictures likely, but I'm not fully confident in it. I am fully confident that Jane Campion who directed the movie will get that win, <sighs> which I, I mean, I thought the movie was fine. I didn't yeah. particularly love it. I think, a better winner probably could have been like Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. But I right now I just see in the landscape being that she's got it locked up. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with Will Smith for best actor. That's your stone cold lock of the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not even I I cannot tell you enough that this is not in his top ten for 
on-screen performances. No, no, <laughs> but, but it's like the it, it's the it's time award. It's, it's yeah. time for it's you. His revenant. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's probably a good way of phrasing it. <laughs> it's yeah, no, it's who's ugh. gonna win for the best actress? I think it's similar to Will Smith actually with Jessica Chastain for the Eyes of Tammy Faye. It's feeling like she's the front runner, and it's feeling like the It's Time Award. Like there's so many opportunities for her as an actress to where she could have been nominated let alone win and i mean olivia coleman's won before her and yeah although know. olivia coleman to me is a dark horse like i to me it's she's a dark horse but i do think it's gonna go to jessica it's Chastain. like the if she won it would be the you know a smaller version of the faux pas last year where they gave it to anthony hopkins instead of chadwick boseman right <laughs> right yeah. and everyone's like well, wait a minute it <laughs> seems like a bad idea can we go back to that <laughs> Oh, geez. Um, So anyway, moving on to Best Supporting Actor, I see it being Troy Kotzer for Coda. Um, That's who I've heard across the board. Yeah, there is no one else in this category. At first, I thought it was Cody Smith-McPhee after seeing The Power of the Dog. Did he win uh, an award? Like, was it a BAFTA or was it a... Something like like that. I feel like he got something in the award season. He was picking up steam. He won a BAFTA? Oh. That was the trophy. Oh, sweet. A very big trophy. That sounds cool. I hope it was gold. Oh, of course it's gold. I would take a bath in a gold bathtub. Who wouldn't? That'd be awesome. That'd yeah. be a great award. Yeah, but um, somehow the tides turn, and I think it's going to wind up being uh, Troy for Coda. And I think it's because he is excellent in this movie. But I think another aspect is that, like you were saying, it's kind of the underdog movie. It's a little engine that could in this mm-hmm. awards race. And so just seeing the landscape, I wonder if people were thinking or if some of the voters were thinking Coda should get something. And if it's not going to get like best pic- picture, excuse me, then maybe we could at least awarded this guy who was superb in the movie. Right. So, yeah, I see it being a scenario like that. Nice. Well, we'll have to post all the poll results um, early Sunday and see how... Poll results against the winners. Yeah. Yeah. See how everybody does. Yeah. And for supporting actress, I think Ariana DeBose is going to be the winner for West Side Story. And the community poll also thinks that. And I think the the film circles um, online are also thinking that as well. Oh. If you dance in a movie, you deserve like extra extra bonus does points. Extra props. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's great. Okay. Then yeah, yeah, you deserve all that. I mean, this is the La La Land category. You get to win if you dance. <laughs> yeah, that might be it. I mean, the supporting actress race was very. I don't know. I I didn't think it was murky. very very murky. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent job. And it could have been like Kristen or Kirsten Stewart. Or, no, sorry, Kristen Dunst uh, for Power of the Dog. But I think you're right, Ken. It's more of. Uh, this actress in West Side Story is, you know, singing and dancing and being lively and amazing <laughs> while Kirsten Dunst is crying and yeah. being sad a lot. So uh, I think that's the way it's heading for that. <laughs> oh, well, do we want to go into the the trailers now? Or do you have another one, Cody? Well, just a little piece of news. Amazon looks like it's finally going to get close to acquiring MGM. It's an $8.5 billion deal, and MGM's catalog of 4,000 titles and 17,000 episodes will now be part of Prime in Amazon Studios. So I think, you know, there's still a few little things to work out, but I think that's getting close. Now, I don't think that includes 
uh, James Bond or the control of it doesn't act include the James Bond franchise, which I think still sits with the family, but, um, it's a big, it's a big deal. And that's a big, big buy on Amazon's part. Yeah. So. I mean, well for Amazon, it's pocket change, but yeah, that's just kind of how these sorts of deals have been happening. Like the numbers always get higher and bigger and mm-hmm. more and more it's becoming a little less competitive, which you don't like to see, but I only hope, you know, with some of their theatrical titles from MGM that Amazon takes that into care and, you know, well, Amazon goes with... has been better than other streamers with, it's true with yeah. doing theatrical, at least after it's come out on Amazon. So yeah, yeah it's... but pre COVID they yeah. had a lot of releases with windows and yep. so they know how to do this and they have a team in place. And... Yeah. They were closer to having a team. I think Amazon and Netflix are the closest to distributing um, amongst theaters. So doing theatrical distribution, they're the, they're the ones positioned, I think, the best for for that to get into it. Yeah, but I would agree with that. But they will always still focus on streaming. And that just takes this content and puts it in that realm, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. We'll just see. have to see how it all moves and shapes out as time goes on, but you don't feel good. Yeah. So trailer time. Yeah. Let's end, let's end with something fun. Uh, there was three big trailers, uh, ambulance where the crawdads sing and puss in boots. The last wish. You said that funny. Did I say that? Funny? Butts. Yeah. Puss in butts. Puss in butts. Puss in boots. <laughs> I'll have to go back and hear. All that. right. Well, I'm going to surprise everybody this week. I, had a favorite trailer and it was Puss in Boots. I did too okay. because that's the only one I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Is it up to me to talk about the other two? Yes. Oh, Why great. don't you start with that well, and then we'll, we'll tell you our make thoughts. Make Where the Crawdads Sing yeah. short. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's faithful to the book I've never read. It's coming out in the summer. End scene. Nailed it. <laughs> All right. I think I was out. Uh, I don't think I got to my seat in time for the ambulance trailer when we went. Nope, it's to, just so I missed that one. Big dumb Jerry Bruckheimer movie, mm-hmm. and they've got you know Jake Gyllenhaal leading it, so he can bring in some lightheartedness to this rated R action movie. They have a couple of scenes that are supposedly funny while they're robbing a bank and shooting at police officers. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's serious, but with a little bit of cheese, and I. Can't help but want to see the movie only because of that. Yeah. They've and really, I like it. There really has to be a plot to this thing to make it work because they are injuring hundreds of police officers in this yeah. trailer. There has to be something very redeeming for them to be doing this for. And with Michael Bay, it is not going to succeed. Most likely not the case. Yeah. But it looks very action-packed, and I like Jake Gyllenhaal, so why not? Yeah. It's just Transformers without the robots. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's the best way to describe it. I saw Josh Dumel, so that's what I went with. <laughs> it just replaced Gyllenhaal's beard with Dumel's beard. No, I thought I saw it pop it. up in the trailer. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. It was like a police guy out of out of uniform. I could see it. Why not? Bring him back. All right. So what do you think of Puss in Boots? It was... Shrektacular. <laughs> I thought it it just hits. It's just boom, 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 boom. Like there's not gonna be a lot that's in the movie that's not in the trailer. Yeah. Like, but for just perfect 
kid entertaining yeah, I thought the concept where he had nine lives and he's used up eight of them and he's literally on his last life was a, a genius concept. The trailer like, shows him killing himself like yeah. seven times. <laughs> and he's like, oh, let me count. <laughs> and it's like all these death scenes shows and they're all drunk silly. On, drunk on milk diving yeah. off a tower. <laughs> oh, oh that's a, that Shrek humor we love. It's just that, yeah, that little like cup of adult humor in it that makes it like, I could take the kids to this. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I've got something to look forward to. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I think that's why I'm so excited about Sonic. And Antonio mm. Banderas has a great voice. He has such a good voice for <laughs> for this character. For that character, yeah. Yeah, he really can do no wrong. So that was the fun end of... No, uh, it was a good... Way to, you know, it was a good trailer to have on Lost City, too. Like Oh, it played during that as well. It did. Nice. Mm-hmm. It did? Yeah, that's how. That's I where fell I went asleep. Saw it. I saw it on SilverScreenInsider.com. Oh, where you should have. Where seen I should have looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. I well, I'm gonna have to use SilverScreenInsider.com to check out the where the crawdads sing because I'm not sure what that one's about at all. Oh, I have no idea either. So sorry, everyone. It's but, a swamp girl, and she falls in love, and then but then there's somebody dies off a tower. Yeah. But then they fingerprint the tower and find no fingerprints on this tower are you sure you didn't watch the trailer i did watch the trailer but (laughs) they it's it's like a lookout tower with 17 flights of stairs up Uh to the top and a small town sheriff's department like we fingerprinted it there's no fingerprints like it would take the fbi a month to fingerprint this tower that's (laughs) a lot of stairs there's there's one guy with his belly hanging over his belt it's like, well, we tried. We tried. We looked. We, we looked all over. There's no we way checked this, twice. There's no way this guy went to the top. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, the, I'll give him the second story and be like, no, I'm not gonna do yeah, it. Yeah, nothing down here. No. Nope. Case closed. No reason to go up there. Well, I really gotta check out this trailer. I know it was. I feel like you're sh- describing a movie that it, it is reminded completely me of, different than what I'm gonna. No, see they in this showed trailer. the whole scene. It, it reminded me of one of the. Uh, after we fell oh. kind of movies oh my gosh <laughs> after we collided after we met oh i like hope that. it's not oh, i hope it it's reminded not me of something like that oh no that's not good praise <laughs> yeah. i'll give it better than that. that those movies were terrible yeah this one actually looks well made at least oh it's very well made yeah you can tell like the sweeping panoramas and the swamps mm-hmm. and everything like it's it's very well made but it's not for me <laughs> I'm no, gonna, no 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 i'm no. gonna be commenting on it you know 10 minutes in <laughs> <laughs> You're never going to find the prince. Asking asking about how this girl has straight teeth as she walks out of the swamp at 14. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't talk like this. Suspense, <laughs> sus, oh suspense disbelief, or suspended disbelief, I guess. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Off the Break podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Oh, and be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off the Break Podcast. Mama knows how to grill a gator. <laughs> And on that bombshell, have a good weekend. Bye, everyone.